Good Monday morning. This is going to be a repeat of some kind of a repeat. If you watch our worship service and hear my sermons every Sunday, there was such a reaction, a positive reaction uh, to our series on clothes with Christ and especially a sermon that was on forgiveness. Got a ton of comments after that and a lot of thanks after that and request that I truncate it somewhat, make it shorter, and do a Monday morning message for those that listen to this, but not the Sunday. And this is the most popular of our three usual uh, broadcasts each week. So that made some sense. So let's first start by saying we all agree that forgiveness is baked into the cake of Christianity. We are to forgive each other. Uh, the Lord's Prayer tells us we are to forgive each other and God will forgive us or as we forgive others. And that we, we know that. But the problem gets to be, what if it hurt? What if you really have something that has upset you and hurt you? What does forgiveness mean then? So what we're going to do is I like to come at it the other way, and that is by defining our borders, not defining uh, our territory. So what it isn't. Forgiveness is not forgive and forget. Humans can't do that. They are they're just incapable of saying, all right, that was a very painful episode. Someone harmed me, and now I'm going to wipe it from my memory banks. We can't do that. Now, God can. Uh, God talks about blotting out our sins and that he will remember them no more. He's God. He can do this. He can re- write the history of the universe and leave that section out. And he can absolutely forget because he wants to. And he said he would. It's removed from the record. You and I are not God and we're not able to pull that one off. So forgive and forget. <clears throat> First of all, forgive and forget's not even smart. It sets you up for more pain. It ignores the fact that sin changes things and we can't act like it doesn't. For example, the old story of someone who had ruined uh, a man's reputation in town by what he had said about him. Uh, then he realized he had done wrong and he went to the man he'd wronged and he said, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to show you I'm really, really sorry. You know, how can I fix this? And the, and the man said, take a pillowcase full of feathers up to that mountain and release them. Okay, so he did. He came back. He goes, what else? The man looked at him and said, now go get the feathers. The fact is sin was released into the universe. The fact is harm was done. We forgive, but forgetting could be very dangerous. What if you're, all right, I'm just going to forgive and forget the fact that, that um, my, my wife, my husband, my out-of-control kid, whatever it is, beat me. No, no. There's a wonderful sign to alert people to not only domestic abuse, but to get them to quit hedging on it. It's a big billboard uh, between me and somewhere in Alabama where I go to visit my mom. And uh, it says, he only hit me once. And the only is crossed out and a once is crossed out, which you're left with, he hit me. Yes, let's not qualify or minimize this. He hit you. And so you can forgive, but no one 
the scripture never says that you must restore that relationship as it was before the wrong was done. We cannot unmake history. We live in a real universe. We serve a real God. And forgiveness isn't saying that what happened to you doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters a lot. It changed things. You are a child of the father of the universe. You are a child of God Almighty, and somebody intentionally and purposefully hurt you. Well, that matters. And so forgiving that someone, you're not saying it didn't matter. You're not saying it was no big deal. Forgiveness is merely saying, all right, God, I'm no longer going to take charge of what happened to me and who did it. Instead, I'm going to step to the side and I'm going to let you, God, work with me to heal what is here, to help me understand my scars and what I might be able to do as a scarred, hurt individual. I'm creating a clear path for you, though, God. You do whatever you wish. If you wish to harm them, okay. If you wish to forgive them, okay. I am just not going to take responsibility for this anymore. I'm not going to let this dwell in my heart anymore. No, you do this. Oh, you'll still remember it, by the way. Like I said, we don't forgive and forget. But you quit the revenge scenarios in your head. And that can take a while. Forgiveness is a process. It's not just an event. One does not snap one's finger. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that relationship thing. We're going to get a very harsh one here. What if you hired a babysitter and later found out, perhaps by babysitter cam or whatever, that that babysitter had physically or emotionally or sexually abused your child? Well, you have every right in the world to be furious in fact, I would believe that that is your responsibility because that sort of anger, uh, fury, is designed to make changes. And now you have made changes and you have dismissed this person. And if they committed any sort of a crime, even borderline, you have turned them in. That's very important. You cannot love them so much that you act like damage to your children was nothing. Your children are everything. So, you turn them in. Let's say they really did something illegal. Uh, it is proven and they're put in jail for you know several months or prison for several years. After they're out, we were supposed to be working on the, the forgiveness from day one. Don't know if we're there yet or not, but it gets there. But all right, um, we forgive them. Does that mean that you need to hire them to be your babysitter again? No. That would be foolish and it would be negligent. No, I hear people say, but if you forgive them, you have to trust them. Cool, you show me that where that is in scripture and we'll go right with it. We'll, we'll do it, it's not in there. We don't have to trust them until they bring forth as Matthew 3, 8 quotes John the Baptist is saying, you need fruit worthy of repentance. We've got to see that this is a changed individual, that in public and in private, they are completely changed. But even then, I would not restore them to any part of power over my children. By the way, yes, this applies to ministers. I am stunned at the number of ministers who have been found in mega churches to small churches, 
using their position, power, or I don't know, to sexually harass people, to be involved in sexual activity with people, to harm people, some of them underage. And I'm, I'm appalled by that. And then it comes out and I'm appalled by what it does to the name of Christ. And then I'm shattered when I see most of the time their denomination uh, circle around them and say, well, uh, everything's better now, we're all forgiven. I, I believe the victims need to have the word. And I believe the victims and their, their stories should weigh more than let's just keep the boat from rocking attitudes. We need to see fruit worthy of repentance. Now what happens if um, an individual who has done those horrible things actually goes through the whole program? They do everything they were asked to do. They've shown themselves to be sincere. Years later, uh, their family seems strong if they had a family. Uh, they are accountable. Do, can I move them into some positions? Oh yes, but not ones of power. Not ones where they can direct the activities of others in private. Um, no, forgiveness doesn't send that message. And forgiveness doesn't send a message of, well, I'm okay now. When that horrible, tragic event of a white young man who entered a South Carolina church a few years ago, and at the end of their Wednesday Bible study, pulled out a firearm and killed several of them. There's no reason for that. We found out later he wanted to start a race war. Um, the people of the church, within a week or two, had a, it may have been a day or two, but it was at least within a week or two, uh, they had a com um, press conference where they said that they forgave the shooter. That's amazing. Uh, when the madman entered a school full of Amish children and held them hostage and harmed some of them in different ways, but then killed many of them, the Amish forgave them. But that doesn't mean it's okay. And it doesn't mean I'm okay now. What it means is I'm going to let God and the justice system do what God and the justice system needs to do. The people of South Carolina, those amazing Christian people, they weren't going to carry him. They weren't going to carry the hate. They weren't going to carry revenge scenarios and a need for vengeance. They were going to turn it over to God. Vengeance is mine. I will repay thus saith the Lord. So let him and the one who has the sword you know, in Romans, the government, do what they do. But the rest of their lives, we will miss our people. We will grieve our people. The losses are permanent. So we're not saying by forgiving that I'm okay or that what you did doesn't matter. It's just a deliberate decision not to carry around the one who hurts you. Set up your defenses, that would be very wise, to make sure that they don't hurt you again. If you see that they've changed, it's up to you whether you lower those defenses. That's not required by forgiveness. Forgiveness, you can wish them well over there. By forgiving them and removing them from the backpack that we all carry full of our past and hurts and history, you give God room in which to work. Remember that beautiful stained glass windows that tell stories are made up of broken glass. 
And God can take the broken glass of our lives and rearrange it and tell a beautiful story with it. But it's still broken glass. What happened, happened. And it mattered. You matter. Scars are a roadmap of where you've been, where God has tried to take you, also where you've made errors. Most of my scars are self-inflected. But the neat thing about scars, scars are proof that something in the universe tried to kill you and failed. That's pretty cool. So the devil would like to see you forever in bitterness and anger and revenge and victim mode. But it, make sure people, if, if you're always talking about your scars, will people see Jesus? Instead, talk to them about Jesus and how he loves you, even scarred. So that's what forgiveness is not. I think most of us understand what forgiveness is, but again, a very much shorter version of what we did in the Clothes with Christ series a couple of months um, ago. Whenever, if you're watching this and when it's, it's scheduled to be go, to be run, it was a couple of months ago. So Clothes with Christ forgiveness, you can look for it there. God bless you. And I want you to know that what happens to you matters. It matters to God. It matters to you. And it matters to the people that love you. It's all right to say it matters. It's okay to describe the hurt, the pain, and to show people the scars. In fact, I think it's part of the process. And I'm not really sure that you can get through forgiveness. And sometimes it's a, it's a lifelong project. I don't think you can get through it without acknowledging that it happened and this is what happened. But the one who hurts you, even once we forgive them, doesn't have a right to come in and hurt you again. You have some decisions to make. That's why it would be nice to be in a community of faith, a virtual one like our safe harbor, which is real in that whenever you reach out, we reach back. And you might be surprised at how many people near you are also part of this fellowship, but there can also be other help groups. Make sure you have groups, people who love you, people you know you could reach out to. Because yes, forgiveness is required, but healing is necessary as well. All right, God bless. I hope you have a great